What's up, everybody? It's your host, Logan, of the Two Metal Fans Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. I've got my forever co-host with me. Jordan! It's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. I love watching you put your gum in your mouth like that. That was hot. Anything for you. (laughs) All right. Album review time. We actually finished two albums since our last talk here. We did Code Orange's recent release of Underneath and Feathers' only album. Is that correct? I think so. Convalescence. But we'll start with Code Orange. I was going through some lists probably like a month or so back of like the best metal albums of the year. And I was like, well, if it's the best, one of the best metal albums of the year, we might as well listen to it, right? So I threw Code Oranges underneath up there. It came out this year, and it was not, I didn't know what to expect. I had heard Code Orange before, and like a lot of people like loved them. They were at the Riot, not Riot Fest, the Chicago Open Air that we went to, even though they didn't get to play. Apparently, they're awesome. This album was something nuts. Let me just say that. Jordan, what, what are your initial thoughts on it? Um, I was not a fan. Oh, my goodness. That's a hot take. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to say I did like the album. It was very, very chaotic. There was sound cuts where there was like no noise coming out whatsoever. It was like super heavy at times pretty light other times just constant it wasn't even gent but it was gent just with the weird timing that they were doing with everything the chaoticness and the sound cuts it was jarring it was heavy and to me it was very interesting and a unique listen in that sense but it wasn't something that we would want to continue to listen to over time i thought that they had a very um passionate feeling in the songs like it, it, the emotion they imbued in it was incredible like watching the music video for swallowing the rabbit hole like you could just feel the energy but when listening and doing things like work and whatnot those sound cuts and the chaoticness just kind of threw me off it was almost tiresome to listen to but just slightly to where i still like the album i still give them a ton of credit because it was super unique super different than anything else and like the genre that they are that i've heard lately maybe i'm listening to the wrong stuff overall 7.7 out of 10 probably won't listen to it too much anymore but i respect it and those are my thoughts what about you yeah i agree with your like stop and start random nonsense um i said on paper this is something that i probably should love (laughs) it's like dirty it's it's dissonant it's like unexpected cuts here and there kind of reminded me a little bit about car bomb but it totally did not go over well with me it was disorienting and that's kind of strange because like i can listen to a lot of weird stuff (laughs) um i got through one full listen nothing really stood out to me um it was just a little bit too disorienting for me, and it, I respect what they're doing because it is weird, 
and I do appreciate that, but not for me. Gave it a six. Damn, that's pretty low. Loudwire had it as one of the best of the year. I think it was Loudwire, but who cares? You mean it wasn't Ghost? <laughs> well, they haven't put an album out yet, but don't don't you worry. As soon as Ghost puts anything out, it'll be <laughs> Loudwire's number one, followed by Slipknot. So, what did you think of Convalescence by Feather? It was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. It was not terrible. Um, Convalescence. It was... I didn't know what to expect, because, like, you know... I never heard of them before, but it was awesome. I put it on. And I was like, okay, this is a short little, not it, a short little sweet album. What was it? Only like it was only was it six songs? Or am I completely wrong here? Um, I don't remember how many songs okay. there were. For some reason, my recollection says it was like the shorter, sweeter little album, and I threw it on while doing work. And man, it was so soothing. I was sitting here doing my work and just in this nice little groove. Because it's, for those that don't know, it's instrumental. So there's no vocals. And it's just this very lighthearted, swanky, well-crafted songs. That's really what it was. Like, emphasis on the guitar. Very. It wasn't like anything crazy out there. And it also wasn't anything very bland. It was a mix of, like, soft, but with a little bit of sprinkled pizzazz here and there. I'd say it would be, like, for fans of Plenty or uh, mostly Plenty or, I guess, C2I, however you pronounce it. But, um, yeah, no, it was a very good experience for me. I enjoyed it. Like, I listened to it front to back, and I was like, dang, I want to listen to that again. So I did it again, and it was just real. But like that whole like five days that we were listening to it, I would just put it on randomly while working, and it would be very calming, very soothing. I only gave it a seven point eight out of ten because again, there was nothing crazy out there about it. Nothing like super, I don't know, flashy. It didn't stand out, but it was such an easy, good listen that. 7.9 out of 10, very solid. Would very much like to listen to new music by Feather. Why did why did you throw this one up on the review? It just showed up in my Spotify one day, dude. Like, I must have been listening to an album and then let the album radio play afterwards. Because um, I literally, I woke up, opened my computer, and this is what, like, the last the song was. It was, like, halfway through one of the songs, and I was like, huh, who's this? Sorry, started it. And I was like, this is pretty good. Let's put it on the schedule. Damn. What um what'd you think of it compared to bands like, like the ones I mentioned, Pliny or Situ A or I don't know, those other similar bands? Hmm. I don't I see why you compared them to that, but I don't know if I fully agree. Um, it's definitely this more ambient, laid-back kind of style, for sure. But some songs have a little shred in them. Um, some are more guitar-focused. Some are more, like, um, orchestra-focused. I thought it was a nice mix of both. I really like this. This is, like, 
something really good to listen to on like a rainy Sunday. <laughs> it's like they have all these they took out all of the nice things about a whole bunch of genres um, but in a relaxed way it's like sometimes you're like wow this is kind of genty but it has none of like the, the power of gent but it has all of the feeling of gent but like this... you're not getting pumped up you're just getting like in the in the zone you know yeah no I actually like Complete, I would not have said that myself, but I completely agree. It was there was almost a lot going on with nothing going on at the same time, <laughs> like with, like you said with those influences. I even at one point was like, "This sounds like a song from a Vince Sevenfold City of Evil," like just the way the guitar was like done, very ambient and drawn out, and like I don't know, it was good. It was very good. Yeah, that's definitely a hidden gem. Go check them out. That's going to be my hot take, is this one, because they only have, like, 200 monthly listeners. Yeah, it actually took me a while to find them on Spotify. I typed in Feather, nothing. Typed in Convalescence, nothing. Typed Feather Convalescence, nothing. It's like, what the heck? So then I typed in Feather, C-O-N, and then, for some reason, it popped up, and I was like, okay, cool, there it is. A long con. And for a band with only 200 monthly listeners... That's a shame. He should have a lot more. I don't remember what his name was. I did end up. I looked him up trying to like find him, or find out who they were. And it was it's like a guy who I think he is French. But don't hold that to me. Big fan. Go listen. <laughs> Hot take. Okay, this week. We are going to dive back into the archives of the album reviews. We had done an episode previously where we did the first six months of July through December of 2018. Now we're just going to, we realized that episode was a little long-winded. We're going to cut that down to three months. We're going to do January through March 2019. What were we doing at this point? I think, what was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Colorado getting engaged on January 2nd. So I was like, for some reason, this stands out to me because I remember I really had to, like, try to listen to this first album because I was really busy. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I came home, like, right after the 5th or something like that. So, yeah, January 1st to January 5th, 2019, we listened to Current's latest release like of uh, an EP I let the devil in at this point currents were one of my favorite bands at, at that this time of listening definitely one of my favorite metalcore bands I had semi recently found the place I feel safest showed Jordan Jordan loved it I loved it then they just they did I let the devil in and you know what I love that too I gave it a solid 9 out of 10. Um, it's been quite a while since I've listened to it, so I'm going to try to jump back into that mindset. This felt very different from The Place I Feel Safest, a bit more raw and not quite as cohesive. Each song felt like a little cha- a chapter in a little book, but it was... It took all of what made them great into this short little five-part EP, and it was awesome but each song had its own personality they were it was fun to hear all their unique quirks there was soft parts 
they were soulful parts heavy brutal gent and it was this mixed bag all put into five songs the production quality i felt was slightly lacking compared to the place i feel safest but other than that absolutely great ep nine out of ten and my favorite song was forever marked probably because that's the heaviest how did you feel about it well it took me more than one listen to really like it the first time i think i let the let their previous album kind of taint what i was expecting because that is the like one of the prime examples of amazing metalcore so I was just like, I guess I was hoping for that just again. But that's not what this was. This was a little different. Still had all the stuff that made them who they are. Um, but it wasn't as heavy in your face as the first one was. That being said, after the first listen, it kind of really grew on me a little bit. Um, I still think they're one of the best in the metalcore game. But this was a step back for them. I much preferred their um, place I feel safest. And I feel like this direction was just not where I was hoping they would go, but it's still working out for them pretty good. I gave it a seven and a half. Favorite song is Forever Marked as well. Um, still still hoping to hear their, their new album coming out, but June 5th. June 5th is going to be such a good day. But um, I feel like this was definitely weaker than the place I feel safest. I mean, I, d- I will agree to that. It is weaker. Just, that's just because the place I feel safest sits in this little throne of greatness. Like, it's special. But to me, I don't see I like Devlin as a step back. More like a step to the side. Kind of like, let's do this off to the side weird little thing. And then I don't, for some reason, I don't feel like that was like the direction they wanted to go in. And that's why the EP was an EP. It was like, let's do this thing that we want to do. And then let's continue on in a different direction, you know? Yeah, we'll have to see what their new album sounds like. True. True, true. But for me, one of the highlights of that month. Next up on the list was a band called The All Together and the album When We Were Kids. And everybody, please save yourself. Do not go listen to it. Jordan, why did you why did you make me listen to this? Alright, listen. So Oh, I did. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> okay, well then plug your ears. So the the online publication I don't know, Polygon. They make like video game articles and videos and whatnot. They hired this guy. His name's Brian David Gilbert, um, and he makes what a, what a name though, Brian yeah. David Gilbert. I would I would represent so, that name. With a name like that, you know he's gonna be up to some good stuff, and his video style is amazing. Like some of the most engaging videos, his comedic jokes are hilarious. He puts one hundred percent of every like his personality and everything that he puts out. And then he just casually mentioned that he had a band one time. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to go listen to this because if it's anything like his videos or his online persona, it's going to be great. But it's not, and it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, this might be the first time we both threw dislike on how we felt about it. 
and I also think it might be my least, my lowest rated album. This is definitely the lowest rated album from both of us. Yeah, solid for me, a 3 out of 10, and for Jordan, a 4 out of 10. I said, the only thing I enjoyed was the small sense of storytelling. Other than that, it was bland and boring, and every song felt like it was a song meant for kids in preschool to learn a concept. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, that could be what the album was made to do, was to, like, be for kids. I had no idea. I didn't do research. I mean, really what it came down to was... The song structure was very simple, and it wasn't really exciting. The lyrics and like the vocals were just meh. So like it, they all just contributed to this kind of like next kind of vibe. Yeah, I agree. I remember I went for a walk in my neighborhood, and I don't remember why, but I was through this on, and. Usually when I go for walks, I'm mad, and then I, like, walk, and I feel good, and then I come back, and I'm feeling refreshed. I went on this walk happy and came back pissed because (laughs) this album did not – was not good for that walk, let me tell you. For some reason, that distinctly sits on my mind. Thanks for that, Jordan. Thank you. Well, I mean, the next album, you can go for a walk and probably make it up immediately. Because we're talking... Make it up. What do you, what, sorry, sorry. What, what do you mean make it up immediately? Oh, like, you know, that past experience of your walking, you're like, it's sitting in your mind. You go on one walk with this album, gone forever. You don't oh, got to think about it. I got you. And yes, you are correct. What's the album again? Born of Osiris. Simulation. I'm just going to start off with a quick little, like, jab here. This is their best album. I'm going to come back with a jab. I disagree. <laughs> well, okay. I want to hear your thoughts first, and then whenever I talk about mine, I'll tell you what I what I want to say. <laughs> I'll tell you why I say that. So, I actually kind of liked their previous two albums. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of saying they're getting bland and boring and generic, um, but I, I still kind of like them anyway, but this is almost like a return to their earlier form of work, where it's very, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, they play this very weird guitar, where it's like they they use the same repetitive motion, but change it up ever so slightly, that they can have four breakdowns that all play the same notes in very small change small changes can make each breakdown sound unique. And this doesn't kind of felt, what's doesn't that? A, doesn't after the burial do a very similar thing. Um yeah, kind of, but after the burial is so so much more heavier that it, it's almost like they they sound completely different. Okay. No, you're fair. I'm just trying to picture what you're saying in my head like that yep. sound. Okay, cool. Continue. Um like, they'll use the the zero fret, the one, the three, and the four, and sometimes the two for all of the breakdowns. But somehow they sound all different. They'll change up the timings, and it gets a little heavier or a little more crazy. But I feel like this is kind of going back to their um, the New Rain album they put out, which I think is their, their best, especially their, their remastered re-recorded the eternal rain 
in my opinion, that's top-notch Born of Osiris. Um, I'm a little upset that the album was kind of short. Mm. I seem to recall it was supposed to be a split album. Um, With the second half coming out later that year. Right, but it's been over a year and five months and nothing yet. Nothing at all. Um, so I gave it an eight and a half. If it would have felt more complete, it would have been a higher score. Um, because this is some top notch, um, music. Yeah, no, I completely agree. For those that might not know, Born of Osiris is what I would say a progressive metalcore band. You could probably just say progressive metal, but I think they kind of fall at least lately into the progressive metalcore and they this album was they like you said they took what they did in their first album the the new rain kind of had that same style but completely refined added catchier choruses and like a bit of a more lighthearted feeling in general to the album and it worked so well i liked how i if i look here we put favorite songs and we each have two favorite songs but neither of us have the same so like you like yeah. under the gun and analogs in a cell where i like disconnect home and silence the echo so like each song on this album is its own unique being that like excels like any song could have been a number one song except for recursion but my goodness they refine their sound so well i was so pumped and i was so looking forward to the second part of this i really wanted to like buy it as a whole and listen to it as a whole completely let down that the second part never came out but um yeah if you like metalcore or or if you like progressive metal i would highly recommend one of osiris's album simulation great fusion of like progressive metal and like then lighter metalcore with like really good choruses and like just lighthearted kind of almost you can almost dance to it probably could but after that was a complete curveball completely dude (laughs) yeah just absolute curveball we go from listening to probably our like as a whole most listened to genres progressive and metalcore and then we started listening to an album that was jazz and funk. And what was that album, Jordan? It was an album by the band of the same name, Sex on Toast. <laughs> Not sax, like saxophone. Literally S-E-X. Let me just say, if you listen to the album, yes, it sounds like you're listening to Sex on Toast. <laughs> I don't even know what that would sound like. I, really, um, um, I think I have a soft spot for this kind of genre. It's it's definitely weird. Um, sometimes it's actually pretty like laid back and a little slow, but there's a lot of a lot of different instruments going on, um, and they they throw in drums, bass, saxophones, synths. Um, everything's in here creating this really nice sound. And I think it was a perfect contrast coming down from Born of Osiris. Um, I, I loved this album and I still, I still go back and listen to some of the songs. I don't have a favorite and I don't dislike any of them. 
Um, they all kind of are on the same level for me. Gave this one an eight. Damn, eight out of ten. A jazz album from a metal head. You know, I like this album too. Um, I remember I still have it saved in my Spotify. So like, if I ever listen to just like songs or whatever it is, it, this will come on from time to time, and I always get down to it. Um, I remember dancing in the kitchen making food when I was listening to it. It's just a super funky jazz album, and it works really well for me though. Lyrically and vocally, it didn't sound great in those aspects. And I can't remember the exact reasons why, because it's been such a long time since listening to it. But I remember being put off by it. That being said, the instruments and like the feel of the album in every other way was so good that it didn't actually matter. I still gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and I like it a lot. So vocals aside, I mean, it probably would have been an 8 for me if they were with no vocals or if they were done differently but yeah solid album and now oh man moving on to the next one this is one of my nostalgia albums when i was a delivery driver at jimmy john's i would listen to this album like all the time and then whenever we close we would just throw our own music over the speakers while we do our cleaning and whenever the other guys that were working that like that liked metal would working we would play this album because the breakdowns are so good. And that, my friends, is from Breakdown of Sanity, their album Mirrors, back in 2011. A little bit of throwback to that old metalcore. <sighs> I love this album. This is an album that I love not only for the breakdowns and the sheer intensity that it brings, but also the nostalgia it brings to me through parts of my life. My favorite song is The Story of a Stranger in Infest. I don't have a least favorite song. And this is what I said. These are some points I made. Does the album have a good song structure? No. Does it have good production? No. Is it a quality musical composition? No. But is the album relentless chaos? Yes. And does the album make my neck hurt? Yes. And... I can't tell you how many times I made the face, that face that's like, oh shit, that's fucking nasty face. Because the breakdowns and the just sheer audacity that these guys have on this album to to hit you with these wave of, waves of sound, it's amazing. And if you like old school metalcore and you haven't heard a breakdown of Sanity, please go check them out. Please go check out the album Mirrors or Perception. I don't know about their newer album. I haven't listened to that as much. But Mirrors, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I absolutely love it. What did you think, J-Dog? So, I remember you showed me one of these songs. We were driving somewhere. And I'm like, wow, that's a breakdown and a half. Can't wait to listen to this. And then I listened to it. And I didn't like it. I felt... All it was was these filler moments surrounding these, like, 30-second pockets of greatness. And and some songs, like, some songs exist as they build up to their breakdown in the end. And that's totally fine. But most of those times, that buildup isn't filler. It works to get you pumped up for the breakdown. In this In this album, for me, it all just felt like, they're like, okay, we need to put 
literally anything in between our breakdowns. Otherwise, we're just going to have a, a like a 12-minute album full of breakdowns. And I honestly think that would have been a better end product. Damn. I, I can't give you too much crap because I had said it doesn't have good song structure, production, all that jazz. Like, it's definitely not going to, like, stand the test of time as a good music musical god i can't talk musical composition but man it brings me back and those breakdowns are so so sloppy that it's it's always a fun listen but i i don't disagree with what you say like if you if you need that breakdown fix this will give it to you i I definitely would say definitely try the album out because it's just such an interesting album it has a very specific style that each song has and it's just very heavy and i don't know just heavy chaotic you'll either love it or you'll hate it i love it you hate it it's okay (laughs) (laughs) you know speaking of love and hate we're going to continue that trend for our next album Good transition. I like it. I think it might have been last week or the week before. I don't remember. But I kind of gave the next part of this album as a hot take. This is the artist Sapphire, the album The Velvet Lounge. Um, I I think this is like covers, but this album comes from Persona 5, the video game. It's kind of like a... If they are a cover album, it's so close to what they sound like in the game. Um, I love the OST for that for that game, dude. Honestly, top-notch music. I could listen to it all day. I love it. This does a really good job of capturing everything about that. And being on Spotify is a big plus because the OST is not. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of this, like this laid-back, jazzy, pump-you-up kind of thing. Um, different from the jazz from Sex on Toast. But very, it's, very different. A lot of it is definitely because I played Persona 5 and have the memories of that. But that would probably only get me to, like, a a 7. But I rated it an 8 because I really do enjoy this kind of music, and I still regularly listen to this album and the new one that came out. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really don't. Uh, I enjoyed Sex on Toast very much so, but when it came to this album, ah, no, it was not the type of jazz I like. It's, there were so instrumental parts that sounded pretty good, but vocally and like lyrically, they were pretty bleh, which was the same with Sex on Toast, but this was even more bleh. And then there were definitely times on the album where I could have fallen asleep. Like, you have these good spurts, but then a lot, of, most of the time, I was sitting there just like, okay, what's what's happening next? When is it going to get good? And I, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest lover of jazz. I do feel, though, however, that there's better jazz out there than this, if you want to listen to jazz. That being said... Kimi no Kyoku was a pretty good song, um, but overall, just didn't take my fancy. I, it could be that I don't know. I'm not into that anime style music, to be honest. 
and you might see this in other f future things we listen to, and I felt like this was pretty heavy on that. But, yeah, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Not my style, but it, you like what you like, you know? Yeah, of course. So that I runs think, it off in January. Yeah, my favorite album, or I guess release, was I Let the Devil In by Currents. Yours was Simulation by Born of Osiris. And overall, it was kind of a it was kind of a even uh, month where we had some pretty bad ones, some really good ones. I had overall a six point nine out of ten. You had overall a seven out of ten. Didn't help that I had a five and a three in there. <laughs> but February started off with another curveball. Jordan, you were in the mindset of curveballs at this time of year. You threw really know what it, You want to know what it was? What was it? I was moving to California. I didn't have time to listen to new music, so I just threw on this stuff that I knew you've never listened to before. Oh. So I, because so I, I didn't have in, like any time to listen to it, so I'm like, I already know what I think of this, so I'm just gonna let Logan listen to it and write down my thoughts. <laughs> That's cheating, and I'm gonna throw a red flag. You're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> okay. You threw up Glenn Stafford's Warcraft Two official soundtrack why dude it's dude. just so good <laughs> so i think i don't have any um evidence to back this up and i couldn't find anything when i googled i think this is all done with midi programming like there's not okay. he's not recording an orchestra playing this but the soundtrack of warcraft 2 is just so good the arrangements of all the different instruments are amazing. They, almost in every song, he has this like sweeping harp that's just playing these blisteringly fast arpeggios. Like it, it's almost like Jason Richardson wrote this on an electric guitar, and then Glenn Stafford was like, "Now nah, I want to make the harp play that." It's so nice. There, so Warcraft is a game where humans fight orcs at least in this installment. And the human soundtrack versus the orc soundtrack has themes shared throughout each song. And I don't know, it's just, it's so good. It makes you feel epic. And it's like, if I ever need to get something done and I want to feel good <laughs> while doing it, I throw this on, it's like 40 minutes long. It's perfect, dude. Damn. I gave it 8.5. It's not perfect then, but I like your enthusiasm. I, for one, am not as enthusiastic, but I did like it. It's a quality, quality soundtrack. The thematic sounds and themes and whatever you want to call them, you can feel throughout. It is a lot of buildup in all the songs because, like, as you play a game, you, there's typically, like, buildup to, like, battles and whatnot. You could tell which were the battle songs. You could tell which were, like, the more... Um, with passive songs super good very consistent very quality there wasn't anything that stuck out majorly to me except for the whole thing was good and consistent i highly enjoyed listening to it and i would agree like i would i, I don't do this but i would in the future throw this on when listening like playing a video game that doesn't already have a soundtrack or something just to like kind of pump me up while i'm playing could totally go for that so I definitely also would recommend it, the Warcraft 2 soundtrack. 
That being said, the next album I would not recommend. <laughs> uh, what was it? Destiny Potato, the band, the album Loon or Lun? Yeah, I, I don't. I have no idea. What is Destiny I'm, Potato? Loon. Okay, okay. Destiny Potato's Loon. I I want to say it was kind of just like gent, and that would be the only thing would fall under. Could be wrong. It's been a while since I listened to it. I didn't like it. Um, the first song on the album was my least favorite song called The Build Up. At least I believe that was the first song. Just the tones in the song for songs for me were very hard to listen to. And so when you start off and like there's not much happening and then just tones that are hard to listen to, it was hard to get into. I thought it was produced weird and wrong. That being said, it had good riffs. It had good rhythms. It felt genty in that sense. But they added a lot of like whimsical and sounds and the tone itself all sounded poor. And honestly, I wrote it down that it was painful to listen to. Lyrically, I didn't care. I didn't think the lyrics were all that great but they also went the worst things in the world um vocally i didn't care for the vocals so overall for me it was a pretty poor album five out of ten why did you throw T- destiny potato up for us to listen to i listened to this album front to back three times a week for four months Dude, I have no idea how. Like, it was... Oh, I, this is something that we're going to very much disagree on, which is hilarious, because I honestly can't fathom how you could do that. So, my my senior year of college, my walk to class was 15 minutes one way. And then it was right. I'd go to class, get out of class. It's lunchtime. And then I'd... So, I'd walk to my class 15 minutes... I'd walk from there to the um, dining hall and like wait in line, get something to eat, another 15 minutes. And then I'd walk back, which was like at that point, a 20, 25 minute walk. So that's roughly the time this album takes start to finish. And I'd do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And this album, man, it should, I just think it's so good. You're right. It is gent, but there are some like, folk elements in it i don't know like i thought the lead singer was amazing the guitarist um some people might recognize the name david maximichich he does a whole bunch of solo albums and he's very well known in like the prog world he's the guitarist on this so like all the riffs are tasty um there's some like electronic elements to it i don't know man this this is just amazing i think their band name is a little weird i think this band name is much better than their current band name which is sordid pink that's pretty bad um sordid pink actually just released a song like a month ago and it sounds just as good as destiny potato so whenever their album comes out you know it's coming back on the album review sorry <laughs> but well, if they did like fix one of your pain points i mean you did say you didn't like the band name, and they did change it, so... Honestly, the band name was the best thing about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember if I said, but I gave it an 
it's that's a crazy difference you're 8.5 out of 10 to my 5 out of 10 like and i honestly i did not enjoy this album whatsoever and it's funny like parts that you said were astonishing i thought were horrendous and just i love that we can have those complete opposite feelings and still not kill each other yeah and it helps that uh, we weren't listening to this at the same time together Probably, yeah. <laughs> I will say I, I'm. I want to try to go back and listen to it. Not gonna. Not that I'm going to like it, but I want to at least give it another shot. For this next one, though, I don't need to give it another shot. We listened to Thrail Kills, everything that is you, and Thrail Kill is just like a progressive instrumental band. They used to be called, or at least some members used to be in a band called the Mammoth. Don't fact check me. That's what I've written down here. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I I liked it. What did you think of it, though? Um, so I didn't know what to expect. Their first song was, like, it was good, but I didn't know where it was going to go. But, man, this is a really solid, progressive, instrumental album. Um, this... It's kind of up there with um, their dogs were astronauts for me. Um, I, I would agree. Yeah, I kind of grouped them together. So um, at one point in time, I had this playlist of instrumental progressive music that I would like put on the background when I'm playing video games. Um, I'm in the process of reconstructing that, and I'm definitely putting um, some songs from this album on there. This is nothing bad to say about it, but it also wasn't super standout outstanding kind of thing it was just very well done and you can't fault it for anything yeah i thought it was how, how would i put this like it was very it was swanky and lickety and quick that type of progressive it was like didn't take breaks it just was always going i found them through my discover playlist when I heard the song Aware and I added it to here and man, it's so good. I will say, like you did already say, not nothing super, super standout-ish. So it might be better as a background album, but it's super easy to listen to. It goes from calm to intense to upbeat and hype to mysterious. And I already I said this in the review and I'll say it again that it should be a, a soundtrack for a sci-fi thriller because it just brings you through these like waves of emotions of the calmness, intenseness, hypeness, mysterious that you can only like really get from a movie in a sense. Um, it's not a jam album. You can't like, sh I wouldn't shuffle song like the album and like just be like, oh, listen to this song. Oh, listen to this song. I would say it's more of a front to back, like get that whole feeling out type album. So freak, freaking good. Um, there isn't a song that has out, uh, uh, vocals on it, apparently. Oh. I, in my review, it says uh, the last song, Everything That Is You, would be so much better, but the vocals ruin the song. So I think that that was the only song that had vocals, maybe. It's been a while, but that's funny because that's apparently what I put as my favorite song, but I don't remember there being vocals in it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, definitely recommend Thrill Kill. I will say they're very similar to 
uh, their dogs were astronauts. I would put them just under their dogs. I think I like their dogs a bit more. I would but agree. I need to go check them out. And that's funny that you said about that playlist because I also have a playlist that's not necessarily progressive instrumental music, but just instrumental music. And I'm trying to find it. It's called Shut Up, You Might Piss Somebody Off. <laughs> and it's nice. got it's got thrill kill it's got animals as leaders oh and it also has the covet which is the next album we listen to well that's the band yeah that, that's yeah <laughs> to yeah, so um f by covet and man I think this is one that's grown on me so much since I first listened to it. My initial impressions were kind of like meh to like. I gave it a seven and a half. Um, this, I would say this band is really unique. The guitar player uses this really interesting finger style of playing where she kind of plays the guitar like a piano. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Yvette Young. If you you know, want to go look up some interviews with her about, like, you know, how she came up with this style, but she doesn't play with a pick very often, if ever. She's always using both hands on the fretboard, pretty much, and her guitar tone is not distorted. It's very clean. I felt like in in this band, all of the parts, all the instruments worked together to build something greater even though none of them were really backing each other up. They were all playing their own parts. It wasn't like, a, okay, here's a backing track while somebody does a solo. It was, they're all doing their own thing at the same time, and everything is adding together to something far greater than any of them could be alone. Go listen to this. I recommend the song Shibuya. Shibuya, 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 definitely recommend it. Covet, I didn't know, I didn't have a clue what to expect, but I saw math rock as the genre, and I was like, oh, God, no, this is going to suck. But it didn't. This album was fantastic. Um, I I would put it, like, on par with Thrill Kill's album. They're both, they're very different in their sound, but they're, instrumental they're for me better is background music than something you would like jam jam to that being said covet it was extremely tasteful and easy to listen to i don't know there's not much more to say than what's already been said but they do have an album coming out soon correct yes yeah yeah sweet so go check out efflorescence and then go check out whatever the new album's gonna be because it's a solid i don't know how you could dislike them they might not be your favorite band but i feel like anybody could like them they're just super easy to listen to so i'm gonna just, this next one we're about to talk about is gonna be controversial not because of what we say well but because of who they are bring me the horizon <sighs> man bring me the horizon they were one of my favorite bands when I first started getting into like the metalcore scene, whatever they went from deathcore to metalcore to like whatever Simpaternal is to now I have with this album Amo as rock. And I couldn't really put it in anything else. Um, I was 
pretty I was looking forward to the album because I always look forward to listening to a new Bring Me the Horizon album because they were so influential in my music listening. This I did not grasp that much. And there are there's a lot of people, if you like ever like on the Metalcore subreddits or Twitters or whatever, that will love them. And then there's a lot of people that hate them. And I'm not going to hate them, but I'm not going to listen to them. I thought that Mantra and In the Dark were pretty good songs. I thought that a lot of the songs had good lyrics and a very good vibe and feel to them. But they were destroyed by constant repetitiveness and the techno elements I didn't really didn't really make it for me. So although I like I can understand why people like them, I feel like this is just a big step back, especially from albums like Sympaternal for Bring Me the Horizon. Um and I give it a five point seven five out of ten. Yeah, so I tried to go into this one with a clear mindset because it's so much different from what Bring Me the Horizon was before. Um, the first half of their first song, I was like, okay, this is different, but maybe I can get into it. But the rest was just not for me at all. Um, I completely respect them for doing what they want to do and not being forced to make music they think people will like, but really make music that they want to make. Um, so props to them. But it's it's been like two albums they've went down this path, and neither of them have been for me. Um, I give this one a four. It Damn. Just, there is... There was nothing for me here. It couldn't keep my attention. And yeah, I just not good. I will say they did put out a song for Death Stranding. And I really like that one. Oh no. The first the first half of the song is very much the same style that I don't love. If I had to read the first half, I'd give it a four. But the second half brings in their original like pure metal vibes and that second half is like nine out of ten in goodness so if that's what their new album is going to be like because they are recording a new album right now they're documenting the whole thing on youtube during the quarantine um oh that's pretty tight so if their new album sounds like the song they did for death stranding which is ludens i'm going to be probably liking it um, I'm still going to listen to it either way, but this album was not for me. Yeah, I, what, what was it? That, uh, that's the Spirit? Was that the album before that? Yep. And Amo, they don't do it for me. That being said, Sympaternal is so good, so I'll always respect them and always want to hear new music, but yeah, they haven't, they haven't touched my fancy in a while. Next band, though, is not a band I have any past experiences with i'm pretty sure i found them through my discover yeah i b- believe it was discover playlist on spotify listened to one of the songs it was like okay that's not bad let me throw it up there because at this point i didn't have i had no clue what to throw on the album review i was just kind of throwing stuff up but now i have a huge backlog of what i want to throw up there um 
Cane Hills Till the Sun. I don't know anything about Cane Hill. I put this down as heavy metal. Could be wrong there. Um, what'd you think of Cane Hills Kill the Sun album? I feel like it was easy to listen to, and it kind of gave off this like chill vibe. Um, but I felt like this was just an average, average listen. There was nothing good. There was nothing bad. I had it on, but I, I almost just wanted to do. I didn't want to turn it off, but I would have rather been doing something else while it was on. And I know we, we talk about background albums a lot. This is like a different... This is more like a white noise than a background mm-hmm. album. I like agree. A background album, you still kind of like check in every once in a while and like, you know, groove to some parts or listen intently for a while. But this one, this has the same effect as turning on like The Office or Friends for Me while I'm doing homework. Where <laughs> you don't like it's on and it's making noise to like clear distractions, but I'm not paying attention at all. That's where we differ. Cause if I had the office on in the background, I would be paying attention even when I was, was trying not to. <laughs> yeah. The office, I mean, it's a pretty good show. I'm it, it's, yeah. It's pretty good. No, but yeah, I totally agree with what you said. The album is just, it's there. It's super easy to listen to ambient, light it has some really good vibes with the lyrics they're just very very repetitive um the tempo and everything the ambiance was super just easy to listen to so i gave it a 6.5 out of 10 can't say too much more um i'm not i don't really look for kane hill but if i see them on my discover again i'll be like oh let's make sure to listen to see what they're up to but yeah other than that it was just kind of there as for that month, what this is finishing the month of February 2019, my favorite albums were a tie between Thrill Kills and Covets, and yours was your favorite was the Warcraft soundtrack and Loon by Potato. <laughs> it sounds so much weirder when you drop Destiny. <laughs> Just Potato. Uh, overall, I had a 6.6 out of 10, and you had a 7.1. This was a weird time because usually I rate things higher than you, just how my yeah I, I work that way. But the last two months, you were higher than me because there were some shits out there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those two months were probably the worst time for our album review. I would agree. Ex- ex- disregarding like the first few months where we were starting this for the first time, that was definitely the lowest point out of this entire um, process. It was. We we did find a, a few like new bands, like for me, like Thrill Kill and Covet to listen to. But other than that, they were, yeah, just kind of eh. But Jordan, start us off. What was the first album that we listened to in March of 2019? So March kind of started bringing us up out of that pit. March was still, I think, a little rocky. It started going up much more after that. But we started off with Dream Theater's Distance Over Time. And going into this one, I was kind of scared because Dream Theater's previous album, Astonishing, while I think is an amazing musical feat, is not that good to listen to, in my opinion. So yeah. I, you know, it. just a real quick aside about that. Their guitarist essentially made a musical and 
that's what the astonishing was. It had a full storyline. Like it wasn't what Dream Theater had done in the past. And like props to them for trying. I really love when bands do that. I didn't like it. But this album is weird. Because <laughs> I gave it a love and an eight point seven five out of ten. And I don't disagree, but I will say I haven't listened to it much since around the time it came out, and I only remember Untouched Angel from it. The rest of the songs, I couldn't even tell you what they sound like. So even though it's a really, really well-done prog album, and like Dream Theater is such masters of their craft, and while listening to it, it's so good and so much fun, it's missing whatever it needs to stick in my mind afterwards. So I think I would have to drop this to like maybe an 8 out of 10 because it didn't stay with me. <laughs> but still, I recommend them to go listen to this because like Dream Theater is so good at what they do. Yeah, I, before I say negative things about Dream Theater, they are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, band in progressive metal. And John Petrucci, uh, James Labrie, Mike Portnoy, they are they are like the Mount Rushmore of progressive metal. They could be, in a sense. Like These guys are no joke, and they are, are incredible, incredible musicians. So I came into Listening Distance over time with a low expectations because of The Astonishing. As Jordan said, The Astonishing was an incredible feat, and I did love it when it first came out, but then it just kind of felt tiresome to listen to over time. Um, so I went into this album, and man, that first half of Distance Over Time, nothing spoke to me. I was struggling to continue to listen. It just kind of felt like music. It didn't feel like good music. It didn't, wasn't even necessarily bad music. It was just music. And I was, I was sad. But then the song S2N like, came on. And bam, that was a banger. And then the rest of the album was very, very good. So I was confused. And I th- it, it doesn't live up to me to what images and words or um, Metropolis sound like and how they are. But the first half, I can completely disregard. The second half for me was pretty darn good. I gave it a 7.25 out of 10 because you can't only have half an album that's good. Um, yeah, I just, I think that Dream Theater might be past the point of what I want from a band like Dream Theater. I don't know. It could just be me being a little pessimistic, but I don't, if this was their best, I don't want to, like their future, it doesn't hold much for me. <sighs> so yeah, I think we go from... I think they're if we if we look at their albums, they definitely had a peak of where all their stuff was great, and they're definitely declining. This album was a step up from their previous works, so we'll see what their next album looks like. But that's true, and I will see best Dream Theater. Yeah, old Dream Theater is the best. I will say this was a step up, but yeah, still, it's not a big enough step for what I was wanting. Dream Theater is an old band, and this was a newer album. Now let's listen to an old band and one of their older albums. If not their oldest, I have no idea. Nine Inch Nails, The Pretty Hate Machine. 
old school classic industrial rock album. And you know, I couldn't get into it. I was, whenever you threw this up there, I was like, okay, curveball. I haven't really listened to Nine Inch Nails much except for what they play on the radio. Let's see. I didn't care for it that much. I mean, they have a style and a very unique style and a very gritty, emotional, like, powerful style. And I understand why people like them and even love them. But for me, it just wasn't what I could get into. It felt repetitive. It felt droning. Um, it was just a bit too ambient and repetitive and techno-y for my taste. I wanted it to be more in your face or more, I don't know. Just It just didn't hit that itch. I gave it a 6 out of 10 because I completely respect the band and everything. And it wasn't bad to listen to. It just wasn't wasn't something I want to continue to listen to. What do you think of it, Jay? Yeah, I would agree. Like, I know this Nine Inch Nails is widely regarded as like a really good band, um, and I just can't get into them. They, I think they're really like you said, they have a really big um, their own style going for them with this like really well done electro beat kind of backing it up and the. The vocalist over the top and i think a lot of the times it gives off this like weird and creepy vibe and uh definitely some of their other music too it's like the lyrics are out there also um but i mean at the end of the day to me this was just a solid electronic beat with some guy singing some pretty standard vocals over the top and that's probably a really hot take. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I want you to transition us into the next album because I'm going to get too hyped for this one. <laughs> um, so this is the plot in you and the album is Happiness and Self-Destruction. Um, I'm not that big of a fan of the plot in you historically. Um, this is definitely one that Logan threw up. Um, that being said, I didn't dislike it. Um, I understand that, you know, this is more, more of like a, a feeling album, not necessarily like a, this, the stuff that I would normally kind of listen to, but, um, don't, I really don't forget. I, it was, it was okay. Um, I can see why people really like them, but they're, Definitely not my normal cup of tea. Um, I dig the dark and creepy overtones, um, and I can stand to listen to a song from time to time, but I I don't think I could do this album as a whole very often. Don't forget, Jordan is a robot. He has no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no creepy overtones in this album. Oh, happiness and self-destruction. The album is exactly what that title is. It is finding happiness in drugs and alcohol and depression and all those things that a lot of people have and have issues with and Landon comes out the vocalist and the writer with this album that is just this wave of emotion from start to finish like he wears his heart on his sleeve on every single song puts out a performance of a lifetime 
and puts out songs that have to do with doing drugs and losing loved ones and fighting depression and fighting alcoholism and all of that stuff. And you can you can feel his pain in basically every single song. It's to me their best album by far. And I don't think they're ever going to to top that. It's like when he this was a point in his life that he really needed to get something out, and he did a fantastic job of doing it. Um, if you like those albums that are a bit darker a bit more ambience but still heavy and kind of brutal in metal because he has a very brutal voice this is perfect for you it's dark it's fucked up it has it's just constantly emotional it's not something it's not something to throw on in the background it's definitely something that you're gonna like tie yourself to and then feel sometimes that's easy sometimes it's hard i absolutely love this album it's a nine out of ten for me and I don't know my top 10 albums of all time, but this is definitely on the potential list of top 10 albums of all time. The sheer emotion and like, I can't, can't get over how beautiful he made pain feel in that album. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get the appeal, but not something that I would want to listen to often that's where we differ i love feeling that emotional like energy for some reason definitely not an album that's gonna blow your mind off instrumentally but yeah totally get it that being said i threw this one out to you the, with the plot in you you gave me the next album which was spites nothing is beautiful and holy moly nothing is beautiful that album rips i had no idea what to expect from spite um i to be honest i was expecting like gideon hardcore band and i'm glad i was wrong nothing against gideon but not my cup of tea they just have disgusting growls dumb lyrics that are filled with evil and filled with hate and it's extre it's extremely heavy, like not quite as dumb as Attila when it comes to the lyrical content and everything, but it still has the absolute brutality that comes with Attila and other bands like that. I don't know. It this one it felt like take Attila, less dumb, more demonic, and better, and that's what Spite is. And I absolutely love this album, 8.25 out of 10. Yeah, I think you hit the head, the nail on the head there. This is definitely a demonic album. Um, a lot of the lyrics like talk about like the devil, but this is just like, it's so heavy and demonic. Like This is definitely one you want to listen to and you need to get pumped up. Or if you love just that, like, in-your-face, like, disgusting, brutal wall of just, like, chugs and breakdowns. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a really good album. I really, I can't say anything, anything bad about it, at, like, at, literally at all. It's very good. Yeah. I, I, since this album, they've had another album come out. Did we review that other album? Do you remember? 
I don't think so. I don't remember. But the, the other album that has also come out since then is also absolutely brutal and killer, and I highly recommend Spite as a band as a whole. I don't know how big they are or all that much about them, but from those two albums, they are... How would I put this? One of my favorite metal bands that are that style, that like filthy, dumb, like demonic. I don't know how to put it because they're not really deathcore and they're not really metalcore. They're just kind of like this gross metal in a sense. Hard yeah. To put, hard to put into words, but I love it. Yeah, I, I would agree because like when I think deathcore or something like that i'm i almost lean more towards like lorna shore or something and while there are some elements that are shared there's not like um any of like the time to breathe with spite it's always in your face it might not always be a breakdown but like you have no time to relax you're getting hit with this wall of disgust the entire time whether it's disgusting guitars, disgusting drums, disgusting vocals, there's something that's just like gross and hitting you in the face in your little ear holes, and it's it's beautiful. Actually, we um, last month or yeah, last month we reviewed a uh, band Cabal. Cabal reminds me of Spite. Yes. And whatever style of music you want to group them together i'd say cabal has more influences from metalcore but they share the same root style of music yeah i would agree check them out next album on the list was one that uh another one of those nostalgia albums for me similar to uh the breakdown of sanity album north lanes uh Oh, is this their first or second album? I want to say first, no, second album. Northlane's second album, Singularity. So those that don't know, Northlane is a prog- is a metalcore band from Australia. I call them progressive metalcore because they've got a bit of a better, they've got some instruments that are a bit more complex than other metalcore bands. And they had a vocalist named Adrian Fittipalades, or however you would pronounce his last name that after two albums decided that he was going to leave the band because he was destroying his voice. Since then, they've picked up a guy named Marcus. They're a completely different band and sonically. So if you like New North Lane and you haven't heard Old North Lane, what are you doing with yourself? And if you've never heard of North Lane, I would recommend Old North Lane and I highly, highly recommend Singularity. This album, to me, was ahead of its time in metalcore. Because it was from 2013, but it has metalcore, like the production quality and like the amount of effort and thought put into it as today's metalcore. Because in a sense, back then, I feel like metalcore and that style of music was less thoughtful. It was kind of more party synths, kind of more, I don't know how to put it, but Northlane was ahead of their time. They have this beautiful ambiance, and they have this whole album's the themes are about like ancient Egypt and what the Egyptians thought and how it like pertains to our world. It's a very deep album lyrically, 
a very heavy, heavily ambient album musically, and I highly suggest it. If you and if you want to know more of what we think, check out our written review of this album on Ronin'sReviews.com because although I, we don't write reviews very often, this one I felt was like such a good album we had to and it turned out great in my opinion what do you think of the album when you listen to it jordan i really enjoy this album um i think you're right this this definitely is ahead of its time um in the metal core scene i don't dislike any part of it i had to cheat a little bit and say my favorite song was genesis transitioning into scarab <laughs> i think that is it's it's such a well done transition um i'll just add a little bit because like it's like logan said we we hashed this album very well um in our album review but i think this adds like this alien vibe not like rings of saturn alien but <laughs> there's something like almost alien about it and I, I almost never dive into lyrics, but it makes sense if it's about like the, um, you know, Egyptian time because you know they were they had all these different like gods and stuff. So that's probably what I was feeling with that. But the ambience, the metal, and the low tuning on their guitars works so well. They are so good at transitioning between the those three things and literally every part of this album is just oozing quality <laughs> yeah i i still go back and listen to this pretty often because it's so good and it's it's still blows my mind that it's from 2013 because it does feel so new in its sound and not gonna lie newer north lane does not compare to this for me like they have their they have their own style and they do very well with it, but Singularity was like just peak Northlane, but it's absolutely incredible. Agreed. So last album we're gonna talk about today, definitely not least though. Would would this be progressive metal, Jordan? Whatever whatever you decide to call this is gonna piss somebody off. Uh, it's true. We're just gonna go with. Metal Giants, Opeth, and their their album Blackwater Park. What did you think of it? So, I've known about Opeth for a while, but I never really listened to any of their music. It was kind of like a, well, it's too late for me. Opeth's already put out all these albums, and I I can't go back and listen to them. Like that that's, that was kind of my line of thinking, but. Man, Blackwater Park is so, so good. And I totally see why a lot of the bands we listen to today credit this album as being influential. Even though it came out in 2001, a lot of these metal bands sound like it, if it came out today, it wouldn't feel out of place at all. Um, it, I don't know. I think, 
I haven't listened to much else of much else of Opeth, but it's it's just very well done. And for being like for putting out so many albums and being so consistent, like props to Opeth. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I didn't know exactly what to expect from this band because I I had also heard of Opeth. Um, I was thinking they were going to be more Haken sounding whenever you put this album up. And thank goodness I was wrong with that. This album was so smooth. Like, when you think of a dark metal album, it's gonna be typically gonna be pretty chaotic, dirty, grimy, gritty, whatever adjective you want to throw. This was a very dark and heavy album, but it was so smooth that you couldn't even tell. Like it, the vocals are top notch. The singing is angelically beautiful. the The growls were a bit indecipherable for me, which was a little off putting. But like that happens a lot when growls so like nothing to hold against it they transition from soft to hard so well where like a lot of bands can do it in a jarring way they did it where you could you almost couldn't even tell that they were transitioning from like a soft to hard sound it songs are longer the album is big it's a massive album and honestly like i don't know any other opeth album besides the their newest one which didn't care too too much for but blackwater park is solid and i will continuously go back and listen to this album i think i even bought it on vinyl after listening to it yeah i would say like if i had to build a essentials pack for metal um this is one (laughs) album that would be on there like if somebody was doing a research project into metal this Blackwater Park would have to be on there. Like, because I said, so many bands are influenced by this record. Dude, we and should totally do an episode of the essential albums of metal. I'm going to need 16 weeks and PhD at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that. But yeah, I rated it an 8.5 out of 10. You rated it an 8.5 out of 10. But looking back on that, you rated... Blackwater Park less than Distance Over Time by Dream Theater. Do you still hold that rating? No. Distance Over Time is an 8 now. Distance Over Time is an 8. Okay. Okay. You Wait, so you think Blackwater Park is only a 0.5 higher than Distance Over Time? No, you're right. I think I have to bump it up to a 9. Oh, okay. Damn. Look at you. Changing everything. That's it for the month of March 2019. My favorite album, easily Happiness and Self Destruction. It'll probably always be a favorite, if again, because of how fantastic it is. Jordan's favorite was Dream Theater's Distance Over Time. But now that we look back, he's going to say it's Opeth's Blackwater Park. We had a tie where we were both, on average, 8 out of 10, a very solid month for us. And. Let me tell you, there's going to be some even more solid months that we're going to talk about. But that is it for this episode. If you're still listening, thank you guys. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. If you like it, if you hate it, whatever, you know, I always say it. If you Let's just say if you like hot sauce, 
go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts telling us why you like hot sauce. Yeah, don't give any context to the podcast. Don't give no. any constructive feedback, any like, you do this really well. Literally just write a review, give it five stars, say why you like hot sauce. And if you hate hot sauce, give us five stars and tell us why you hate hot sauce. And then if any of you do that, we'll make sure to read it at the beginning of our next episode and kind of like discuss it. We will discuss why your opinion on hot sauce is irrelevant. Yeah, it'll, it'll, that'll be our hot take that. Just <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, also, go check out RoninsReviews.com for some quality music reviews. Jordan and I have three of them up there. North Lane Singularity, Devin Townsend, Sympath, Peripheries Hail Stan. If you like what we have to say with our voices, you might like it better when you read it because you don't have to hear our terrible, terrible voices. And um, as a sneak peek for the next time we dive back into this um, album review backlog, both Hail Stan and Empath are in April 2019. Um, and... I don't have any evidence to back this up, but April 2019 might be the best month for the album review for me. So be sure to catch the next episode to find out why. Next episode of the album review. I don't know when we're going to do it yet. But yes. That being said, thank you so much. This is Logan. That is Jordan. You can't see him. I can. He's looking great today. Thanks. (laughs) have a good one we'll talk to you next week